Hey friends, I just wanted to dedicate this podcast to my friend Joseph Turner. Um, He would have been, I think, around 86 if he would have lived. Um, He died in 2013. Um, basically, I just, it's weird because he suddenly came into my memory and I started really thinking about him a lot and I realized that he died November 7th and today is the 5th. So it's just really weird that just coincidentally he was in my memory today and I totally know that was him doing that so I want to explain the backstory of Joe Joe was this African American man that I met um, while I was using during my you know hard core using years um at first he was a source for me to get drugs um sadly to say um i pretended to be friends with him so that he would give me pills um but over time you know he had no friends he had no family joe had made some you know, major mistakes throughout his adult life and it pushed people away. He was an alcoholic and that made him a very angry person. There was also some other personal things that happened to him throughout his life that he ended up telling me over the years that made him angry and or sad and, uh, attributed to his alcoholism. Um, One of them was he had a baby daughter and in the middle of the night when she was about six weeks old, he went to check on her and she had um, passed away. And so that left him, you know, with a piece of his heart completely gone. He loved her. That was his only daughter well I think he had another daughter but that was his first daughter anyways there was a lot of things that happened that you know I'm not gonna talk about because they are his personal business you know stories and stuff but the main part of my story is the fact that you know here's this old man he's alone in his apartment 24 hours a day I remember he used to he was on oxygen and I used to bitch at him all the time because he still smoked cigarettes and he would just sit there sitting in his ashtray with his oxygen mask on smoking a cigarette you know he had the greatest sense of humor I've ever known Um, I remember he used to watch those old westerns all the time, um, every time I came over, you know, 
you know, if it was six o'clock or whatever it was, it was, it was time, you know, the show came on, we had to be quiet and watch it. And I actually got into him too. But I would do things for him, like grocery shopping. Um, If he had to run errands, he was an avid lotto player. So I would go get him lotto tickets. Um, Basically, I would do errands for him. And at first, again, they were for drugs. Um, You know, he had a ongoing prescription for opiates. And I would take advantage of that. And I would, you know, always tell him that my back hurt or something hurt to where he would feel bad and give me some. And the one thing I always felt bad about was I really wanted to tell him, you know, after years of him being my friend, you know, he became my my good friend. He told me about things in his life that he probably never told anybody. Um, he had, like I said, a great sense of humor We would just sit there and laugh and smoke cigarettes together. And, and of course, he would always have alcohol. So there'd be alcohol and drugs involved. Um, It was a, how do you say, not a co, it was a, I don't, I don't know what it's called, but basically like where you, feed off each other kind of um and so it kind of became a bad relationship because he knew what I wanted and I knew what he wanted and all he wanted was a friend but what I wanted was drugs and alcohol so eventually when I decided to get clean It was on my birthday, and I'll never forget, he came over, which that man never drove. He had a brand new truck, and he never drove, because it was very hard for him to get in the truck, you know, and go anywhere, because obviously he had to carry his oxygen tank everywhere he went, and he got out of breath very easily. But he got in that truck and drove to my house, because I wouldn't answer the phone. And he said, I was so worried about you. And I just told him I was sorry. I had been crying all day, you know, thinking about how am I gonna do this? How am I gonna get clean? I need to get rid of everybody I know, um, including him. And I just couldn't get up the nerve to tell him. He was there and he brought me a Cleveland Browns jersey. He loved the Cleveland Browns. He was just, you know, he, I think it was one of his old jerseys because it was like huge on me, but it was still funny. And he got me a huge card and I just remember he gave me $50. And I just said, Joe, I love you. You are my best friend. You make me happy. You make me laugh even when I'm sad. And he said, well, don't be sad. Just live another day. And that was the last time I saw him. 
I changed my phone number and I moved and I just remember before I changed my phone number he called and called and called and called and I just kept ignoring his phone call because I was too much of a coward to tell him the truth I didn't want to hurt him but in reality I was hurting him by not telling him the truth but by that time he really was my friend I just knew that if I went over there or if I was around him it was a trigger for me it would always be a trigger for me therefore I couldn't be friends with him anymore and I knew that if I tried to explain that to him sorry I'm getting choked up I knew that if I would try to explain that to him he wouldn't understand and he would you know say oh I just I just won't give him to you anymore or you know we don't have to drink you know things like that because he didn't want to lose my friendship which I could understand but instead I was a coward and took the cowardly way out and I just changed my number and the next thing I remember is I was I'll never forget I was sitting in a restaurant and I was pregnant with my son who's eight years old now and um, all of a sudden I thought I started thinking about him and I hadn't seen him in about three or four years at this point, and I had been clean. So I thought, well, maybe I'll just give him a call, you know, or maybe I'll just stop by. And so I did. After the restaurant, or before the restaurant, I'm sorry, I, I did. I did stop by his apartment, and nobody answered. So... I got to the restaurant and I started thinking the worst and I typed in his name and as soon as I did his obituary popped up and I just remember sitting in that restaurant by myself just sobbing just sobbing and sobbing and I remember they came over and asked me if I was okay and I said no but I just if you don't mind can I just sit here and they said, take your time, take your time. And I just cried and cried because it had been the year before, just the year before that he had passed away. And all I wanted was that year back so that I could give him one last hug and tell him the truth. And the worst part about it was I decided to write a letter and I was gonna put it at his grave, but he didn't have a grave. They cremated him. So I didn't know who had his ashes because again, he didn't talk to any family members. They didn't have good relationships, but I would have loved to have some of his ashes. He was a good man. You know, he had recovered from alcoholism and he was a good friend to me and he was a good friend to other people too. So I just want to say, Joe, if you can hear me, and I know you can, you are very loved 
despite my addiction, I really did grow to love and care about you as a person and as a friend. And I'm so sorry for taking advantage of you for many years. I am so sorry. And I wish I could take it back. And I wish I could take back that I didn't talk to you and I didn't tell you the truth. I know you can hear me and I know you know I'm sorry. But I love you and I hope you're resting in peace. Thank you guys for listening.